I'm Siobhan Barnes, ex-commercial and corporate real estate professional turned leadership and life coach, supporting high-achieving professionals to step into purpose-led careers without having to sacrifice their soul, sanity, or steady paycheck. I've coached hundreds of professionals to figure out their unique path to create meaningful success that feels as good on the inside as it looks on the outside using my signature aligned achievement method. In this podcast, I'll share how you can get clarity on your unique path, how to make an impact and step into more purpose in a way that's right and true for you. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the Aligned Achiever podcast. Did you know that the average amount of time that we spend at work is about 35 hours per week and that that adds up to just under 1800 hours per year and 85,000 hours in a lifetime? Why am I sharing these numbers with you? Well, we spend more time in relationship to the people that we work with compared to those in our personal life. And oftentimes, who we work with isn't by choice. We don't make those choices. Yes, we decide to work at an organization, but we never fully know who it is that we're going to work with. And sometimes conflict is just inevitable. In today's podcast, we're talking about how to handle difficult coworkers, bosses, and particularly micromanagers, so that you know how to deal with difficult people that you can't consciously cut out of your life. I'm going to be really honest here and tell you that this topic is something that I've really challenged with in my own life. Conflict is not something that I love and communication to speak up and to be courageous to actually have a point of view and share what I'm thinking has been something I've had to work on. And so today my intention is to really support you to be able to feel like you've got some tools and resources to be able to speak up, speak out, and to handle these people in your life because the worst thing we can do is just keep on going, hope the problem will go away when you and I both know that there are things that we need to look at so that we can address this. Because if we don't, there are three things that can happen. Number one, if you don't learn how to handle difficult coworkers, bosses, and micromanagers, it can have an impact on your productivity and your morale, whether that's you or also the team difficult colleagues or managers, they can create really toxic work environments that can lead to less productivity. And if left unaddressed, it can affect the whole team's performance and even retention rates. For you personally, this can mean that your professional development is hindered. You know, if you're able to handle difficult situations, you're going to be able to become a more valuable employee and grow as an individual. These skills of conflict resolution, effective communication, and resilience, these are essential in the workplace. And if you don't harness these skills and learn these skills, it doesn't matter if you move into another environment because you and I both know that there might be another person there who's exactly the same. And so learning how to handle difficult coworkers and bosses and to be able to work with them is a skill set that will set you up for life. And if you don't address it, it's going to be very challenging to maintain a healthy work-life balance because if you let this person continue to add stress into your life to make you miserable, it will spill into your personal life. And if you're able to address the situation, you can create a healthy work environment and reduce the negative impact on your personal life. And you can feel like you're much, much happier where you are. 
So if you're going through this and you're dealing with somebody who's really difficult, firstly, my heart goes out to you. It is not easy. But number two, let it be an opportunity to practice the skill set, the ability to be able to communicate effectively, to learn those conflict resolution skills and to build resilience. Now, the question that I often get asked in my coaching sessions is, how do I respectfully honor the power dynamic at play? So how do I speak up to people who are more senior than me? If they're the difficult ones, they've got the power. Don't I have to do what they want? And look, I hear you. Disagreeing with someone who's more senior than you, it can be intimidating. But at the same time, it's really important to express your opinions and ideas in a respectful and professional manner. Yes, a senior leader knows a lot, but they're not on the ground. They're not doing the day-to-day like you are. And your opinions, your point of view, what you see, that matters. So I want to share with you some tips for respectfully disagreeing with a senior colleague, a boss, or a manager so that you feel equipped to be able to handle that conversation. So here are six things that you can do. First and foremost, choose the right time and place to have a conversation. Choose a time when the person you're communicating with isn't too busy, not too stressed, and choose a private setting where you can have a respectful and constructive conversation without distractions. Not the best one to have in the pantry or in the co-working space where everybody's hot desking. Perhaps book a meeting room, go out for a coffee outside the office, and choose that time to have the conversation. Once you've set up the time and the place, when you're actually delivering your message, be really clear and concise. Clearly state your disagreement and the reasons behind it in a very respectful and professional tone. And you can actually begin by saying, look, so-and-so, I understand that X, Y, and Z is really important to you on this particular project. I know you wanted to do it this way. I've got some different ideas about how I want to do it. And I actually think my approach might work better for these reasons. So you can share in a very respectful and professional tone and let them say what they want to say back. The third thing you can do is listen actively. So listen to this colleague, the senior manager, this leader, listen to their response and try to understand their perspective, remembering what that common goal is. Be open-minded and considerate of their opinion, even if you disagree with it. Once you've listened to what they've had to say, then number four, what you can do is you could offer alternative solutions or suggestions that might help resolve the disagreement or address the issue at hand. So what I recommend is hear what the other person is saying. You might offer an alternative solution to what they've said that takes into account their feedback. And in that, just remember number five, avoid personal attacks. Don't attack someone's personality, their leadership style, or make any negative comments. Just focus on the issue at hand and keep the conversation professional. And look, when it comes to offering alternatives and different solutions, you might find that you need some time to think about it. And if you do, that's fine too. These situations can be activating, they can be difficult. And so you might say to your boss, your senior colleague and say, hey, thanks so much for taking the time. I really hear what you're saying around that. I think I might be able to come up with some alternatives. Can I circle back to you within a day or two with my ideas? I'd love to chat about this further. And so that's how I'd invite you to, number six, end on a positive note. End the conversation expressing appreciation for their time and their willingness to listen. Circle back if you need to set up another time and just really maintain that positive and respectful attitude because that's going to help you build a stronger working relationship with that senior colleague going forward. All right, now let's pivot into what to do on a longer term basis. 
So yes, okay, you might want to disagree with a coworker, a boss, a senior colleague on a one-off project, but how about a longer-term working relationship? The next question I often get asked by my clients is, well, how do I respectfully set up boundaries with my boss, senior leadership, etc., without upsetting them? And it can be hard, right? Again, it comes back to that power dynamic where we feel or can feel like we must listen and we must do as our boss says. So setting boundaries with senior leadership or your boss, that can absolutely be a very delicate matter. And again, it's really important to be very clear in your communication. So very similar to what I shared previously in terms of picking the place that you're having the conversation, being clear and concise and offering solutions. You know, the only thing that I would really add is just be professional, maintain a professional tone and divina and acknowledge the value your boss or your senior leader brings to the organization. And be firm, right? Be firm in setting boundaries and say, look, I want to do a good job. I want to do whatever is aligned with your boss and you. I want to be able to deliver high quality work to that client. I want to be able to put my all into that pitch that's due on Friday. If I'm going to do that, I need to make sure that I'm not suddenly pulled into a business development meeting that I am not best suited to use that time for, whatever it might be, for example, right? Being really clear on what that priority is and setting a boundary around that. By setting those boundaries in a very respectful and professional manner, then you can establish clear expectations and create a more productive and positive working relationship with your boss or that senior leader. So just remember, boundaries are there to help you do your job better. You cannot spread yourself too thin. You cannot do too much. And when you state why that boundary is in place, so let's say, for example, I'm not going to take on any other responsibilities from now until next week because I'm focusing on this pitch or whatever it might be, right? These are just hypothetical examples because this is a priority. Then your manager knows, okay, well, that's the reason why you might be pulled away from the real important work. And so setting these boundaries in place is really, really important. And you're kind of also training your boss to know how to handle you because Truth be told, your manager, your boss, they want to get the best out of you so that they can look good and they can do a good job. And so remember, setting boundaries is really about doing as good a job that you can do and that in turn benefits them. Might not be something that they like or want in the immediate term, but remember to bring it back to that common goal that you both have. To make it a bit easier to think about how to communicate with a micromanager or with a boss, here are a few things. Particularly with micromanagers, I know it can be very difficult because you can feel like you're being checked on every two seconds. There can be a feeling of, I don't feel trusted. They don't see the value in what I'm doing. We can go down a very negative mindset if we're working with a manager. And it often says more about your manager than it says about you. So here are a few things that I recommend if you are working with a micromanager to really ease that relationship. First and foremost, a micromanager is typically micromanaging because they want to make sure that you're doing a good job and they want to deliver on a particular target or a certain level of performance. So there are a few things that you can do. Number one, get really clear on your manager's expectations. Speak to them to establish really clear expectations and boundaries for your roles and your responsibilities. This can help to reduce micromanaging behavior and give you more autonomy. You might say, All right, specifically, what is the role here? What am I responsible for? And then what you can do when you speak to your micromanager is you can be proactive. You can keep your micromanager informed of your progress on a regular basis. Perhaps you send them a daily email or you have a 15-minute check-in at the start of every day. Whatever is needed 
And just know that sometimes we need to establish these things more at the beginning and build trust. And eventually this will reduce the need as you go on because your micromanager might be getting used to you. They might be thinking, can I trust this person? And sometimes we've got to build up that trust. So being proactive, providing regular updates, that can really just help to build trust and also ease your micromanager's concerns and fears around performance. And when you are having those check-ins, focus on the results. So when you're having those check-ins, emphasize the results of your work rather than the process. Just show your micromanager how your work is contributing to the overall goals of the team, what they think, the organization. And if you can, use some data and evidence to support your position and demonstrate the impact of your work. In doing that, you're going to help build credibility and reduce the need for micromanagement. You're going to show you're a self-starter and that you can get things done. You know what to focus on and they can let go and release the reins a little bit. And don't forget, you can use quite assertive language to communicate your needs. You don't have to be accusatory or confrontational, but you can be very clear on like, this is my role. This is what I've done. These are the results. This is why it's important and speak to it very much like that. And keep your micromanager informed of any changes or unexpected developments. Tell them, I will tell you if something goes off plan, you'll be the first to know. Just again, setting the boundaries, setting the working relationship so that they can trust you to share with them when something isn't going according to plan. And that's really going to help reduce anxiety and prevent micromanagement. When you have those conversations, just end each communication on a very positive note, just saying, hey, thanks for your time and your willingness to listen. Really happy we could do this check-in. And you're just going to be able to build a stronger relationship. And as you do that, then it's going to be easier. Your trust is going to build up with this micromanager and things will become much, much easier. But I totally appreciate it's not easy in the moment. So for you, I've shared tips, I've shared strategies for what you can do when you're working with a difficult coworker, boss, or a micromanager. But I'm curious for you, what comes up for you when you think about holding your own boundary with that specific person? And just know that it's okay to have stuff come up, right? Oftentimes when I work with clients, they go, oh, I feel a certain way, but I shouldn't. I should be over this. No, you shouldn't. Like there's no shoulds here. It's okay. I know for me, I don't like conflict. And so when I think about holding my own boundary, it can bring up a sense of, oh, can I do this? Can I hold this? And the second question I'll ask you is, do you see this playing out in any other relationships in your life? Because often everything touches everything, right? Like some of the tendencies at work can come into our tendencies in our personal life. And I invite you to ask yourself, what does this pattern of behavior, this belief, this thought, what does it lead you to do as a result? So for me, I mentioned I don't like conflict. I can tend to have a bit of an avoidance strategy and not deal and let things get worse or get more annoyed because I haven't had the conversation. And the final question I'll ask you is, is this pattern of behavior really serving you? Oftentimes the answer will be no, and that's okay. We're all here to learn and grow. We're here to work through the things that we find hard. And you know, you can build your muscle and become more courageous and have better communication skills and be more resilient and know that we will circle back around and there will be another opportunity to practice that. And so it really is a journey. And if you feel like you need support around this, I can help you. I'm offering a number of aligned mindset intensives this month. And these are really an opportunity to get to the root challenge behind speaking up, taking up space, using your voice, standing up to people in positions of power. 
And if you'd like support around that, you can read all about the Aligned Mindset Intensive, and I'll pop a link to that over in the show notes, which you can check out over at SiobhanBarnes.com forward slash 62. That's the number six, two. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really enjoyed talking about how to handle difficult coworkers, bosses, and micromanagers. Today, we've spoken about the three negative consequences of not addressing this challenge and how it can wreak havoc on your well-being, your self-belief, and your self-esteem. We've spoken about how do you respectfully decline or honor a boundary with senior people without offending them, and how to set up boundaries with people who are more senior, and specifically around micromanagers, how you can begin to set up a working relationship to build trust, to build credibility so that eventually you can have a bit more autonomy in your role. And finally, if you find that this is all very challenging, I've offered an invitation to come and sign up for an Aligned Mindset Intensive with me where we can get to the root cause of this, rewire, refire a more positive belief not from a place of just slapping on a band-aid, but really doing this deep, deep work. And I would absolutely love to support you on this because this is a skill that we need for life, whether you stay at the organization that you're in or if you decide to go somewhere else or do something else. So thank you so much for tuning in. And please remember, you are here for a reason beyond merely hustling, grinding, and merely surviving. You matter. You matter.